Hey, everybody, and welcome to How You Like Me Now. I'm Jonathan Randall, and I hope you all are feeling in the holiday spirit. We got through Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a good one. It's typically a time where people get together with their families, but my family are a bunch of assholes, so I didn't get together with any of them. Didn't even hear from any of them till a couple of days later, but I made some food myself. I enjoyed some turkey and some green beans and some mashed potatoes. And then I was off to Baltimore the next day to perform at Magooby's Comedy Club with my girl Yamanika. Uh, Baltimore, wow, what a shithole that place is. Uh, it's hard to be excited about going to Baltimore. And when you're in Baltimore, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, it is even crappier than I thought it would be or had heard it was. Um, I was afraid every time I took public transportation, I did like wrap my arm around my bag to make sure that like no one could like grab it and like run off. Um, the shows were really good. Had a lot of fun. Uh, the club was nice club. The staff at this club was so unbelievably kind. Uh, they were, you know, not only were they so like helpful with everything, supportive of comedy, but they were just like, they really cared about the comedians. They really wanted to take care of us. And I really appreciated that. I thought that was so awesome. You know, as soon as I got there, one of the guys introduced himself as like, hey, I'm the owner's son. And I was like, oh, great. Now I'm going to have to deal with this nepotism kid. But he was like the sweetest guy. And you could tell he takes pride in his job and he cared about making sure the comedians were happy. So shout out to that club. Shout out to Yamanika for bringing me with her. Uh, everybody who came out to the shows. Uh, it was so lovely to entertain you. It, it was hard because it made me think, you know, well, some of the shows weren't as good as like the other shows, but it just made me think of like this you know, thing that I feel like I always have with comedy where it's just like, when you kill, like having a, like a mediocre set or just like getting some laughs it, it's like a bomb it, it's not good it's like when you have one set and you're just killing and there's rolling laughter in the next set people are enjoying themselves they're smiling they're laughing but it's not like the same energy it just feels like a bomb and i feel like i have like enough of these sets where like i'm like feeling like i'm really killing that like anything other than a kill i consider a bomb what do you think phil uh, I totally agree. You totally agree, right? Yeah. I, like, I, you know, one of the second shows I got off and the guy was like, hey, that was, that was good. I was like, that sucked. That was a bomb. <laughs> He's like, everybody was loving it. I was like, I, I, no, not good enough. Yeah, I think comedians, we give ourselves like a really high bar. Uh, you know, because we love comedy, but also because we like to torture ourselves. <laughs> definitely a little bit of that. And I definitely felt like I was torturing myself being in Baltimore uh, <laughs> and not even like in the city, like outside in the suburbs, like 20 minutes outside of Baltimore. Um, besides the shows, I think the highlight of my trip was going to this place called the Charcoal Deli and getting a pit beef sandwich, which was delicious and amazing. I'm all about pit beef sandwiches, by the way. Uh, it's funny because like this place was not like nice. I feel like I go and I I'm like the most hole in the wall place to eat, but it was delicious. If you live anywhere in the Baltimore area, go check out the charcoal deli. It has my highest recommendation. Uh, I'm happy to be back from Baltimore. You know, I, I, I took like all this public transportation and then I took the Chinatown bus to get back. Cause it was like the cheapest way. 
And I was feeling a little like low about it. I was like, oh, hey, I had this great weekend, did all these shows. And now I'm like, you know, taking the bus to the tram, to the bus, to, uh, you know, and this Chinatown bus was horrible. I took a Chinatown bus on the way there. It wasn't that bad, but then they were sold out. So I had to take another Chinatown bus. And apparently I took the good one on the way there and like the most awful Chinatown bus. Like I thought there was going to be a fight, like getting out. Cause like there weren't enough seats. People were threatening the guy. Like one guy's like, I'm getting on this bus. I don't care if I have to sit in the aisle. Like, you fucking Chinese guy. I was like, whoa, this is getting ugly. Like, calm down a, a notch. I'm like, why is this guy being so aggressive? And it was like, I was like, what is going to happen? And I was like, thank God. I was like the first person on the bus with my like printed ticket. And I was like feeling a little down, like, oh, now I'm taking this lame Chinatown bus. And then I look over and sitting like the next row is an actor who is on the wire. He was on like Homicide, Life on the Streets. He had parts in like all these TV shows and movies. And he's on the Chinatown bus too so i'm like hey artist life that's what you gotta do sometimes you just gotta suck it up and take a shitty chinatown bus with the worst people in the world uh and this you know actually brought up one of again one of the things that i hate one of my pet peeves uh which is when you're in a quiet place like a bus, you know, and someone is talking on the phone, like with no consideration for other people. What happened to consideration for other people? Nobody wants to hear your fucking conversation for a bus. This one lady was yapping, yapping, yapping the whole goddamn bus ride. And I, I wanted to like curse her out. I was like biting my lip. Cause I'm like, don't make a scene. Just let it go. Just let it go. Uh, and, but it, it's so annoying. I hate that when you're in a quiet place, don't be yapping on your phone loud. Other people are around. They don't want to hear your conversation. They want to have some peace. I see people do this all the time on buses, on trains, on subways, in gardens, in little coffee shops where like people are just trying to have like a quiet moment. And then there are these people that are just like, oh my God, I'm having a conversation. Everybody, I don't care that anyone's around here. It's all about me and my conversation, blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Have consideration for other people. All right, so... Uh, I've been talking about some of my like dating fails, so I want to talk about what I got unmatched on this week. Uh, this week I got unmatched. This girl messages me uh, first, and she messaged me, "Guess whose electricity just went out for four hours?" And I wrote back, "Ukraine?" Question mark. Hilarious, I think. Instant unmatch. But I stand by that joke. I'm really happy. But that was definitely my best unmatch of the week. Um, weird family news for me. My dad got married for the fourth time, I found out. I wasn't invited to the wedding or anything, but he just, like, left a message on my voicemail that he got married and I should congratulate him for it. I actually have a feeling that he got married, like, a couple months ago, but, like, he didn't want to tell us because he, like, barely met this woman. Uh, and that's, I guess, what happens when you rush into marriages, and that's probably why this man's married already for the fourth time. Like, I don't, like what, what do I even say to this guy? Fourth time's a charm. Hope it works out this time. Uh, I met his wife now i guess she is my new stepmom uh once at my grandma's hundredth 
birthday, she was there, and uh, I don't know why my dad brought her. They were dating only for like a month or whatever, but he brought her. And I think they already had got married because like they're both Orthodox Jews and like they can't fuck unless they get married. So like they get married, which is like a sure way to get divorced, by the way. If you're only getting married to have sex, it's probably not going to work out. I'm just saying. So I met her. I was giving my grandma a toast, uh, which turned just into like this huge roast to my dad. And I made some like one joke about like, oh, uh, you know, like that my 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 dad's new girlfriend was here or something. It wasn't even bad. Uh, it was very tame, but my dad was really mad about it. And then like this woman, like she chased me down and she's like, you can make whatever jokes about me you want. And I was like, I will. I don't need your permission, lady. <laughs> like, you don't know me. Uh, but hopefully that'll be the last time I'll ever see that lady. My my jokes went over great, uh, by the way. Everybody loved them. Not my dad so much, but I stand by them and I'm very happy I made them. And I actually cut the really, the really harsh jokes because uh, I didn't want to upset my grandma on her birthday, even though those were the funniest ones. But anyways, it's weird because I think my dad's like a total piece of shit. He cheated on my mom when I was like 15 months old. And then he tried to indoctrinate me into a religion when obviously like I don't think he has, you know, the best morals when he's cheating on, you know, my mother when I'm just a baby. Uh, anyways... Uh, and he's, you know, he just didn't treat my mom well. He didn't treat any of his wives well. He doesn't treat me and my siblings well. He's just, like, not a good guy. And he's getting married for the fourth time. I can't believe it. I, I, I can't find a girlfriend. I've never been married once. And my schmuck asshole dad is on his fourth? It's a crazy world. I don't even know what to think. But, hey, it is what it is. What could you do? So... You know, I mentioned that there was this actor from The Wire on the bus, and the other day I was walking by a restaurant and I saw Martin Scorsese, and I feel like I'm always seeing, like, these celebrities and stuff, and, like, I want to I want to approach them, but not in a, like, can I get a selfie, can I get your autograph kind of way. Like, I want to approach them like, hey, I'm an artist, I'm an actor, I'm a writer too, like, I want to collaborate, I want to work with you. But, like, can you do that? Like, where is the line? Like, I saw Martin Scorsese eating at a restaurant, and I just wanted to go and just sit right next to him and be like, I'm such a fan, how can I get in your next movie? But he definitely wouldn't like that. But, like, where's the line before between, like, going for it and, like, chasing your dreams and, like, you know, trying to make things happen and just letting opportunities pass you by. Like, is was seeing Martin Scorsese or seeing this actor from The Wire on the bus, was that like an opportunity for me to maybe like expand my networks? Or did I blow it by not? Or was I just like kind of being a decent human being and being like, let me like give this person some space. They definitely don't want to be approached by anybody. I don't know. If you're listening to the podcast, hit us up on uh, our DMs on Instagram, uh, How You Like Me Now podcast, and let us know what you think. If it's okay to just like approach and I should be trying to network or if I should just shut my mouth and let the celebrities be. Um, so... Uh, I wanted to talk about, unfortunately, Donald Trump had dinner with Kanye and a Holocaust denier. And, uh, like, I'm not surprised that he did that because, like, he's the worst and he's totally the kind of person that would do that. But I feel like whenever I talk about how, like, Trump doesn't really have love for the Jewish people, I get such backlash from Jews and they're all like, oh, my gosh, but his daughter's Jewish. 
And like, yeah, well, obviously that doesn't make a difference to him or even her, because guess what? Most Jews don't want their dads having dinner and breaking bread with Holocaust deniers, okay? If you care about Jewish people, if he cared about his daughter's Jewish identity, he would have been like, uh, yeah, I don't think we should have dinner. And he's like, oh, I didn't even know who this dude is. Well, that's fine, but you should have people that know who this famous Holocaust denier is that maybe be like, hey, Don, maybe it's not a good idea that you have dinner with him right now and like make you stop. But no, not Donald Trump. He just has dinner with this guy. Anyways, he's horrible. He doesn't care about Jews. And just because his daughter's a Jew doesn't mean that he's not anti-Semitic. He's not bigoted towards Jewish people. There are plenty of people whose daughters marry outside their races that are racist and then they have grandkids and it doesn't mean they're not racist just because they have maybe like a black grandkid. They're still racist. It's just such a stupid argument to be like, oh, well, his daughter's Jewish, so he can't be against Jewish people. He said anti-Semitic things. He, he's, he's just a horrible guy. Anyways, I just wanted to address that. And now I think it's time for nerding out with Phil. We should get some like special music. Yeah, for right. Nerd, we should do a little out with Phil. Intro. I think we need like music and we might need like a graphic, Phil. But uh, I want to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Have you seen it? Dude, I've been working through like the last three days straight. I had my comedy show and everything. Okay. I, I watched little clips of it and shit. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. It is the worst thing Marvel has done. Oh my God. It was so bad. First of all, it's just like a giant music video for some band. I don't even know. Like all these horrible songs and like the bands dressed up as like crazy aliens and they're singing like corny, cheesy songs. That, that's also it, why I didn't watch it. It is. I couldn't believe how bad it was. There was maybe like two minutes that I enjoyed and the rest of it I was just stupefied like how is this happening right now how did James Gunn direct is it like James Gunn now moved over to DC and he's like I'm just gonna give this stinker to Marvel it is like the worst I don't even know how Chris Pratt like was in it it was so bad like it's mostly Drax and Mantis it's mostly like them like Rocket's barely in it like and uh, like maybe that would have made it better if he was in it more but it is horrible I oh my gosh what a disappointment I was excited I love Guardians of the Galaxy the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie is one of the best Marvel movies I think it's amazing um and this is just it's trash it, it feels a little bit like a Hallmark movie and it just is like this it's just like what is the point of this this whole thing it's just like really it's so bad and uh where if by night their last special was so amazing and i loved it and it was so great uh for halloween and then this came out and it's total trash you don't even even need to watch it phil i will say werewolf by night was fire dude was werewolf great. by night is extraordinary yeah, but at any time when it comes to like marvel or any sort of franchise when they do like whatever the big franchise is christmas special that sh that sends a shiver up my spine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ever since what was it? Star Wars was the first one that had just a terrible okay. Christmas special. So anytime I see something that fans like love, and then it says Christmas special after it, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be terrible. And this yeah. was yes, I guess he's <laughs> keeping in the tradition of making terrible Christmas specials because this was awful. So I'm sorry, I'm not feeling like such a nerd about Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. I'm like, this shit sucks. Um, moving on, uh, it's something I want to talk about. You know, I'm very passionate about, 
uh, Palestinian human rights. I'm very passionate about a free Palestine. When I say, though, a free Palestine, I don't mean that I want Israel just to, like, disappear. I want a peaceful coexistence between Israel and Palestine. I think it's very important. And I think, you know, we are living in a time when more and more Jews are coming to the realization that the way Israel has treated the Palestinian people is wrong. And they want to stand up against that. And I think, you know, it's awesome that I keep seeing more and more Jewish people speaking out uh, on behalf of the Palestinian people, speaking out against the actions of Israel because they do not represent all Jewish people. And I hope this continues because, you know, I, I feel like so many Jewish people just want to point fingers to the other side and we got to point fingers on our side and that's what Israel is doing and how they are using Judaism and I think almost exploiting Judaism to treat these people badly and for basically just a land grab that has to stop. So I think more, you know, I didn't even realize when I was a child and when I was learning about Israel and Palestinians, like what had happened to the Palestinian people. I didn't know about the Nakba. I didn't know about that there were people living on this land and then people came and like, oh, no, these are our homes now and kicked them out and did some horrible, shady things. But then I learned that and I was shocked. And I have even come in contact with other Jewish people who haven't learned that yet. And like I've talked to them about it and they're like, Surprised, it's like they have their mind blown because so many Jews are just brainwashed to think that like Palestinians are bad and Israel is good, and that's not the case. And I'm so happy that more and more people are becoming aware and speaking out against the atrocities that Israel has committed. Free Palestine, you know, speaking about atrocities, we just celebrated Thanksgiving, which is basically all about the slaughter of Native Americans. But that's how much people love days off work that it's not getting canceled, you know? People are still like, oh, well, we're just giving thanks to our family or whatever. Or, hey, we want to, you know, uh, remember the Indian, the Native Americans or whatever. But, like, I mean, in our culture with everything that's happening these days and people are so quick to be canceled and, and the wokeness, I think it's pretty crazy that, like, Thanksgiving hasn't been canceled and people aren't more like being like, oh, well, we got to either change, you know, what when we have off or whatever or change what this holiday is because it's really about massacring a whole group of people uh, so white people can take over their land. That's basically what sums up Thanksgiving and we're all just like, hey, let's eat some turkey, you know, like let's get some corn. And I think it's pretty sad and it's pretty horrible. And I, I don't know if it's ever going to change. I don't think it is. I think that's just how much people love not working. It's the best holiday. <laughs> it's the best holiday thing. You know, nobody has to uh, buy any gifts. It's not religious in any sort of way, you know, in any real. And it's not really all that cultural, truthfully, either. All it's about is a bunch of people meeting up. Well, it's up. American culture, kind of. They sure. don't they don't celebrate it in, like, other places, really. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it's like, you don't, aside from Turkey, you don't really have to decide what's going to be on the Thanksgiving menu because of what America has placed in front of you. Right, you we know what we're eating. I, you know, it's, it's going to have mashed potatoes, going to have green bean casserole, going to have sweet potato pie. Well, no, I'm saying, I'm actually saying the opposite. I'm saying if you go to a Korean Thanksgiving, they're going to have the turkey, some sweet potato pie and stuff like that, but then they're also going to have all their shit. You know what I mean? Okay. Jamaican Thanksgiving, they have curry goat on, on, purple, at the table. Oh, that's what you guys have? Yeah, yeah, it has house? everything. Okay, but in Jamaica, they don't celebrate Thanksgiving. There's a decent amount of... Um, 
countries that like you know celebrated. Well, shit. I think people like to More get Western together places. with their families, you know, and break was... bread, and that's a time. And okay, I guess that could be nice, even though it seems like most families get together and they just fight and they leave hating each other, and people get upset <laughs> or whatever. But I don't know. I feel like we need to find ways to get together as a family to unite as people that isn't like based on something where a bunch of people were slaughtered horribly. I, I get that, but I feel like any time in American history, uh, you know, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, any time in like Western European history, e everything. I mean, you know, this building. I mean, you know, that we're sitting in right now. I'm sure black people weren't allowed here a hundred years ago. You okay. know what I mean? But I'm still sitting here and doing it. So I don't know. There's ups and downs. Yeah, but it wasn't like, like to build this building, they killed a bunch of black people, you know? And then you're like, oh, yeah, now I come. What? Probably. They, you, you know what I mean? Probably. Like, but like slavery I, I, built America. There's well, a lot of shit. It. You're like, I can never go to Washington Square Park again. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to be, you know. It's okay. Hey, hey maybe, I hope not. I hope this, you know, I think this used to be like a German bank. So it was more built over the dead bodies of Jews and not black people. Um, which, you know, I just, uh, I, I want to mention this one thing, you know, people are still upset about Dave Chappelle's monologue on SNL. And one thing I've heard a lot of people say is how Chappelle was like, you know, blaming uh, the just trying to say that, like, that it's, you know, that Jews blame black people for the holocaust or something and i'm like where where did that come from that's not what he was saying at all what chappelle was trying to say was that the anti-semitism that jews have faced you know over these years isn't because of black people black people didn't do the holocaust black people haven't been oppressing the jewish people and sure now kanye's spitting idiotic things kyrie irving there is some sort of backlash coming where you know the black community is maybe like you know grabbing onto these idiotic statements but that doesn't mean that like the black black people are, are oppressing jews or have oppressed jews and i don't think that that is the comment that chappelle was making and it's weird to me that people are like, oh, that's not true what he said. That he, like, it's just crazy to me. Can I ask you something? Okay. Right now? So, um, obviously, you know, you were just talking about Kyrie and everything. So, how do you feel about the whole Stephen A. Smith, you know, uh, situation with the owner of the Cowboys? Did you see that? No, I haven't. I don't even know about that. Okay. So, basically, the owner of the Cowboys, uh, they found an old picture from, like, Arkansas in the 1950s. And he's actually at a picket line for uh for like non-integration he does he wants to keep he was sitting there as a 15 year old kid in a rally trying to keep black people from going to white <sighs> schools here's the thing here's what's so crazy about it is that happens he's getting a little bit of backlash not even that crazy of backlash this is still wild right and then stephen a smith black dude on espn goes out and says how he needs to be forgiven and all this stuff oh wow and i'm just saying like you know it's a little ridiculous because if you're looking at the timeline of different things that have happened with certain black people having certain faux pas, some very, very worse than others. Yeah. You know, let's be honest, obviously. But then it's like for, you know, these black people to have to go through shit and then have to basically like, you know, run, run over hot coals all fucking day, you know, because of it. And then this guy is literally at a picket line for black people not to go to schools. Like Kyrie shared a, a, a movie on Amazon Prime. This yeah, guy but, was there in the segregation era, Kyrie, but literally was, keeping black children. Ago, and you yeah. said he was 15 years old. So listen, sure. that's totally shitty. That's totally wrong. But 
I got to think that hopefully he's changed since he was 15 years old. And who knows what environment he was in as a 15-year-old that maybe got him there. Maybe his parents were a bunch of racists and they dragged him to this thing and they made him go. Like, we don't know. Maybe that was all he knew. And then when he got a little older and stopping a teenager, he realized that, you know, uh, that was crazy and that he yeah. shouldn't be such a bigot and racist and maybe he's doing better. So do I think we should punish this guy for something that he did when he was 15 years old? Uh, no, but I, I think maybe he should make a statement about it or something and yeah, speak, yeah. speak to it. But I think there's something different about, you know, Kyrie Irving saying something today and a guy doing something like 40, 50 years ago. I, I agree with that. My whole, my whole difference though is that like basically like the whole Kyrie thing, he posted that shit, you know, obviously he had a little bit of a battle about it, like, oh, I'm not going to apologize, whatever. But then he did, all right? You know what I mean? And and at the same time, then he had to apologize like three or four or more times. And these are, you know, whether or not it's a good apology or not, honestly, I don't think they were that great of apologies. But that's the truth. You know, he had to apologize multiple times, all right? But you're only looking at, what, three weeks you know, this guy's uh, had 65 years to apologize. Years and what did he do? Five. What did he do? He just decided, oh, like, all right, well, you know, I'm not against segregation anymore. I guess I can make money off black people by getting them to run on a field for me. And when and when there's a picture taken of me keeping black people out of public schools, I'm going to tell a black guy to apologize for me. That doesn't seem like he's no, learned he his should, lesson he in any way, shape, or form. Like years ago, I'm just saying the optics are terrible. That's yeah. all I'm what saying. What team is this? Uh, the the Dallas Cowboys, he of owns course. The Dallas Cowboys. Yes, he does. Ah, you can never <laughs> trust a cowboy. First they take all of the Indians, then they stop integration. Not a good look, Dallas Cowboys. Well, I don't really care about sports, and this guy, uh, he definitely made some mistakes, and he should definitely make a huge apology and make a huge donation to black schools and uh i, I just had to bring it up i no, didn't want to make okay. it too awkward i, I just had it. to i, I got was it. like i got it i was uh, like thanks perfect. Uh, hey it's good to know something new and i have a new idea to end the show today i hate it when i drink pour a glass of milk pour some milk on a cereal and then what happens i realize the milk is bad the milk has gone bad it's horrible what what is it's always disappointing oh i'm gonna drink a delicious glass of milk oh gross so like, oh, uh, uh, uh. that's what i do like when i start smelling it like i start gagging anyways this is my idea they should make milk cartons that change color when the milk has gone bad how do they not have this already that's this, a great idea right this is a this is my genius idea that anyone could take and just make it happen. I, I don't know how I can make money off it. I'm just an idea man here, but we gotta have the milk cartons. And you know, like I'm I'm guessing like the pH balance of the milk or something like changes when the milk goes bad. And then in the carton, it'll change color to let people know that the milk has gone bad, and then they won't have to buy bad milk. Because I know that like, what do you do when you buy bad milk and you take it home and then you pour like a glass and then you like. You don't go back to the store with like three quarters of a milk carton and be like, this milk was bad. You know, you're screwed with that milk. We need this color changing milk cartons to let you know when the milk is bad. Thanks everybody for listening. Check me out on Instagram at Jonathan Randall. Check us the podcast out on Instagram. How you like me now podcast. Check out my website that Jonathan Randall Thanks for listening. I'm Jonathan Randall. How you like me now?